And welcome in, everyone, to episode number three of the uh, return of the Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series here on Dirt Racing in the Bluegrass Live. I do want to thank everyone for uh, joining us on here uh, this evening. Wes, I tell you what, man, this uh, this has been a lot of fun, and uh, we're, we're joined by uh, Tim Tungett, uh, Eddie Carrier Jr. is on here with us, and Michael Despain. Another all-star lineup, our guests. Uh, we're thankful for each and every one of them. They've made some really good shows. We've, we've enjoyed it uh, so much, I know the two of us. We, we've had a blast. Yes, we, we definitely have. Uh, the last two weeks have just been uh, unbelievable uh, to go back and, and talk about Battle of the Bluegrass and, and the history and, and to talk with the drivers um and tonight is is going to be a, a dandy of a show as well really looking forward to it yeah it, it definitely is and like i said uh guys thank you thank you so much for uh for joining us on here uh, tonight and i just i want to start and i'll point someone out uh just to go ahead and get us started but i want to ask you um last week we or two weeks ago we had james essex on the show and one of the things he mentioned was that he was he was just he, he was so proud of what uh, Battle of the Bluegrass was able to create as far as a platform for local and regional guys and so many people within our sport to really go on to have, you know, regional and national success for for years. And I know that's true for uh, for everyone um, on here tonight. So, uh, uh, Spanky, I'll start with you and then guys jump on that, jump on and, and just let us know, I mean, what – what what comes to mind when you think about the Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series? Well, for me, I think it, it was a deal that uh, it most definitely, I think, uh, your, your other two guests tonight, Tim Tungett and Eddie Carrier Jr., fall into this category. It took guys that were somewhat of a weekly racer, and uh, allowed, it gave them a platform uh, to race for better money uh, at uh, higher profile event then excuse me to make what they had been accustomed to and uh you know you look at uh you go down and look through the winner's list of the back of the bluegrass series and you see guys that they kind of use that as an launching pad to get themselves to, to, to the next level of racing and and and, in, and with that that in turn allowed guys that were weekly racers that maybe weren't really want to consistent basis it'll allow them to have some spotlight and shine as well at the uh, at the weekly shows back at that time yeah yeah that's that's for sure i mean it, it definitely did and uh spanky i don't know one of the great things about technology is we're allowed to we're able to do this i don't know if you guys are hearing this but i'm getting some choppiness in your in your audio i don't know if there's something we can we can, we'll try something there to get that fixed i want to make sure everybody can hear you because i know you've got a lot of a lot of good stuff to to throw in on this on this show tonight uh, eddie I'll, I'll go to you next man you're the inaugural champion of this thing um you won the very first season and back in 2002 it's crazy to think i mean this you know more than more than uh, or about 20 years ago i guess right at it now and uh, what 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 was it like uh, running with the Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series? What what did that series mean mean to you? Well, I was like uh, living in Eastern Kentucky at the time, up around Hazard, uh, around Depressionsburg, around Thunder Ridge, and Mountain Motor and 201, and I was just kind of 
hitting them tracks. And then every now and then I might go to Ponderosa or Bardstown when they had a better paying show or something. But uh, I was one of them guys that I never did really like when I was racing to get stuck at a couple, two or three tracks and race at them every weekend. I always like to kind of get out and kind of test myself against other guys in my region, Kentucky, Tennessee, or whatever it had to be, like a three or four hour radius. And mm. when the Bob series come along, it was like, I mean, I knew of the guys that I raced against a little bit, but I didn't know, know them like personally, like I got to know them. And like, that's probably one thing I liked about it is I got to race against guys I didn't race against a lot, but then we raced against them every weekend. We all kind of, I don't know, I guess kind of family. If somebody needed help, we helped. If you needed help, you could go ask somebody and they could help you. And just everybody just, uh, I thought we all, all raced good. And I thought we all kind of got along good and everybody got to know each other. And I mean, you know, we, it's racing and sometimes you're going to run into somebody, but it wasn't, uh, it was more of an understanding after you'd race so much, you know, that, oh, I made a mistake or, oh, that guy made a mistake. It'll, it'll be fine. And like, if you run into somebody, you went and apologized or they come and apologize to you and shook hands and went on to the next race. Yeah, it's really, it's funny you mentioned that. I mean, it's almost like a bond. I mean, those are you guys who, who um, ran with the Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series there. I mean, um kind of in the sport there at the same time, going through a lot of the same things and everybody sort of, I mean, there's a competition to it. You're, you're jockeying for the same position, but at the same time, you're all right here in the same area, you know, grew up in the same places, going to the same racetrack. So it had to be a lot of fun back in those days, just being able to race against the same competitors that you were so familiar with and, and, and for the most part liked, I'm assuming, but based on what you said, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was originally from, like, the Ponderosa, Richmond. My, I mean, we lived in Bergen, so I went to all them tracks. Like, in some of the tracks, like, even when I started racing, was gone. Like, the old Frankfurt track and the old Somerset track. And, uh, like, Richmond was still around. Ponderosa, of course, still around. But, uh, and then I moved away, and then I didn't get to race them and then the old Camelsville track was gone too by the time I started racing. So, yeah. Um, I liked the series because it gave me a chance to come back to that area and race a lot more. And, and a lot of my family got to see me race a lot more than they did when I was like in the Eastern part of Kentucky. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you ran a lot over there in Eastern in the Eastern part of, uh, of the state as well. Yeah, uh, seeing seeing pictures back at Perry County Speedway and and several places. So um, th those were good days as well, I'm sure. Yeah, and then like the series also too. Like at the time, I was not uh, what you'd call a big money team. I was kind of like a budget deal. I mean, I had a lot of good sponsors, but I done a lot out of my pocket too, and it just gave me a like they was close enough that I could forward to go to them and be a part of the series and it was uh i, I feel like it was um it was a, a 
leap for my career as for sure as far as me winning the championship and stuff uh it helped my it boosted my career tremendously yeah that 2002 season you know that being the first season uh james essex also mentioned that meeting at wayne bowen racing supply and everybody coming together for that um what was that what was that season like running that you know because was that your first uh touring series that you had ever done or had you done some before that uh i had run uh the the star series the old renegade series i think that was um i think 98 99 maybe or 2000 i can't really recall but i run for rookie but we only made it through like a maybe till may or june or something and we pulled off because we really wasn't competitive enough and just logging miles more than anything and kind of pulled off of that leading the rookie deal but then come back home hucking kind of started racing around there a little bit and hitting some more of the regional stuff yeah Tim, we'll uh, we'll go we'll go to you for a second. Give give Eddie a break there at, uh, at the uh, uh, you're the 2005 co-champion of the Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series. Stone Cold Tim Tungit. I remember well that w- those were good days as a as a fan seeing seeing all you guys running around um, all the different places and and I know those were good days for you. Uh, what what would you say about that that time period of the series and what what did it mean to you in your career? But it meant a lot to me, to my career, because uh, I just raced local. Usually that's, you know, the guys I drove for was just small base teams, and we ran locally. Like the first guy I drove a late model for, Jody Keltner, we raced at Barron County and Taylor County, and that's about the only place we went. We would we would go to Ponderosa every now and again. I, would, I was never really very good there, so we just didn't go. And uh, then, then when, when Jody quit, I started racing for uh, – I raced for a couple of guys there for a year or two. And then, then Logan Parrott, he, he stepped in and bought a car and, and wanted me to drive for him. And, uh, we raced, uh, and we started in 04 and we, we just pretty much raced, uh, Bardstown just every week. We went to bluegrass speedway every week. Well, then when 05 came around, we went to a battle of bluegrass, uh, the first, very first race. And, and we ran like fifth or sixth. And the, the next weekend, the, the battle of bluegrass was in Paducah. And we went, we were going to go to uh, Ponderosa or Barstown or somewhere that night. We, we said, we're not going to, you know, travel to Paducah. This is, you know, small team, long way to go. We had a, just a pickup truck and an open trailer and not, you know, not a lot of spare stuff. We have one car. And uh, so it rained, rained out where we was going to go. So we said, well, let's just go to Paducah because we wanted to race. You know, we was young and we was ready to go. So we went to Paducah and uh, I think I ended up running fourth or fifth that night. And, uh, of course, like I said, I was I was still fairly young. You know, I was probably in my early thirties, or I, I may have been mid thirties. And uh, I remember we outrun uh, Billy Moyer and Terry English down there that night, and, and I thought I was on top of the world. I had never I had never raced those guys very much. You know, I mean Billy Moyer, he he was a legend. You know, he still is. And uh, that is kind of so we decided. Well, you know, if we can run that good there, someplace we never go, then you know we we should probably try this for a little bit. So then, you know, then we got going. We had a little luck here, a little luck there, bad luck, you know, and uh, just. And then after that, we just it just kind of took off, and I met a lot of people. I, I always knew who Eddie Carrier, uh, 
junior was. I, I watched his dad race when I was a kid at, at the Old Taylor County Speedway, and and at uh, I think I, I'm pretty sure I, I've seen him race at Monticello a couple of times. And uh, of course, I, and I knew who Little Eddie was, but I really didn't know him. But then when we got to racing that deal, and you know, you get to meeting these guys and you become friends, almost like family, because you're with them. You know, I was with them more than I was with my own family. You know, just every weekend, every Friday and Saturday night, that's what we did. And uh, it was, it was, it was like I said, it was good for me to get away from one track. It made me a lot better racer. You know, I could go other places and 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 run decent. Well, you know, you you mentioned it there, and I think that's part of what made Battle of the Bluegrass Series sort of. It was like the perfect storm at the time. You you didn't have the the national landscape that you have today. Um, you know, you, so you, you never know who was going to stop in the that's, national yeah, guys. True. You mentioned the Billy Moyers. And so, like, I really feel like it did for all of you guys here, you know, in this region, it gave you a chance to, to showcase what you had against yeah. those, against those big names. When that, they decided that, you know, to some of us did have a little talent. We were just wasn't country boys, you know, uh, <laughs> but it, it, it was, it was good. Uh, you know, we raced against Dennis Herb and uh, that uh, there's just different ones, you know, that's still racing nationally now. You know, them guys would come in, they'd come into Barron County or, or Bluegrass or Ponderosa, and, you know, you outrun them, you know, you felt like you had run, you know, ran good that night. And uh, there was a there was a really bunch of good guys that ran it the, the couple years that I that I did do it. Uh, you know, Whitney McQuarrie being one, he, he was pretty tough. Uh, Little Ed was, you know, and there were just different ones. Uh, Victor, Victor Lee, you, you know, you catch Mike Marler, he, he'd show up at a lot of them. And, you know, he's still – he's national. He's probably top ten in the nation, you know, as far as yeah. weekly, you know, or, or national racers. And uh, it was it was a lot of fun. You know, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, I've spent a lot of time. You know, I spent most of my life uh, working on race cars and, and going. And I wouldn't – you know, I really wouldn't change a thing. It, it just, it's just who I am. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Spanky, I want you to jump in there as well. I mean, I know later on in the years in Battle of the Bluegrass, you went on to be the voice of the Battle of the Bluegrass series. And and but at the beginning of it, we're we're sort of talking about you know 2002 to 2005 and that time period. Um, where where were you in 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 your career and and all that? And what what was going on with you at that time? Well, about the time that the Battle of the Bluegrass series started back. In 2002, I was a weekly announcer at Bluegrass Speedway in Bardstown, and then later on, uh, I've done some stuff when uh, Spencer uh, took Barron County in 2004. Then it's uh, the last year that it, that it ran as a, as a dirt track, and then in 2006, I was at Ponderosa. But there were times, you know, that when we were off at, at you know those venues or whatnot, I was always, you know, not. A, percent of the time, but I would always be one of the Battle of the Bluegrass races, and I got to throw something in tongue. Uh, you talked about that deal when, when you all decided to go to Paducah uh, that Saturday night. Bluegrass had rained out uh, because it and it was very very cold. I don't know if you can remember that, but uh, I don't know that the high I ever got over forty degrees down there at Paducah that day. And I remember you uh, uh, distinctly uh, getting out walking around the trip from that day and said, "Man, why in the world are we here racing this car?" I believe a man can get a nut kick for racing in this time. <laughs> it, it, it was, you know, it was good times. It was, you know, like I said, the weather was, it was freezing that day and, and probably why bluegrass canceled because it was so cold, you know, but. but uh, and that's another thing. The best I remember you finished 
forth in that race that night down there. And I think that was kind of the shot in the arm that you needed. Oh, uh, yes. It's probably my uh, best finish. The race team decided to run that day. Yeah. Yeah, they pretty much pushed us into, you know, we were, I think the next week was somewhere we ran pretty good, and that kind of pushed us into to running the whole deal. You know, we had no intentions, you know. That, uh, you know, go and the Battle of Bluegrass, uh, of course, Spencer Wilson, he owned it. He was he ran it, and he was, you know, Spencer probably did a lot of things he shouldn't have done, and, and you know, and he, he, he got a bad rap there at the end of all of it, but he was good to the racers. He was he was more for the racers uh, than anybody, any series that I've ever ran for. Most of these series nowadays and then was – they were out for their self and, you know, get them a big name. But Spencer Wilson was for the – he was for the drivers. You know, uh, the see, the, the first year – the next year after we ran it, he, he got me the biggest sponsor I ever had. Snowco Fuels brought me – delivered me 10 drums, 10 uh, – 55-gallon drums of, of uh, fuel for the next racing season. You know, that's huge for a guy that was in a, you know, a, a low-budget team. You know, because back then we was probably paying – six or seven dollars a gallon for it you know it's about 10 now but he i mean he you know he got that sponsor for me two years in a row uh he helped every every racer that i know that run that deal that run that deal he he got some kind of product sponsor for them and helped you know help them where they could make it a little easier on he was he was really good for the racer you know he 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 cared about who raced with him and he cared about keeping you there to race with him and and if and racing Needs a little more of that now, you know. And it, I mean, I'm around. I go to a lot of these series deals. I, I know how, how a lot of the racers are treated. You know, some of them are treated fair. Some of them are not treated very fair. But he treated, you know, he pretty much treated everybody the same. Yeah, and that's something that I noticed, too, and thought about. We had Marler and, and uh, Victor on here last week. It, it's something they talked about with, uh, you know, Victor had the Kentucky's Bass sponsorship, Um Brad Need had the uh, Red Buck sponsorship, but just across the board, it seemed like at that time period when Battle of the Bluegrass around, just overall there were more more sponsors. And when it left, it seems like a lot of those went away around here. Do you think yeah. there's some truth to that? Yeah, and I, I think it goes back to what I said about Spencer. He got out and worked that and got people to sponsor. You know, you see. Uh, uh, I can't think of the guy's name that's with Lucas Oil now. Uh, it's been with him a time or two. Uh, he's a PR guy. Wayne Castleberry. Wayne Castleberry. He he does the same thing. He gets out for Lucas, and, and he's the one that's got that money while they're paying so much this year because he's got out and worked it and, you know, and promised sponsors this and that. And, and Spencer did the same thing back in those days. Yeah, and and it like I said, it really does seem like it it made a a big difference just across the board for for drivers in this in this region having having someone like that and and uh, James Essex touched on that a little bit last week during the show or a couple weeks ago. He said, you know, there's a lot of things that you know maybe you could say not so good about about Spencer that people would say, but there were definitely a lot of good you know, more good than bad uh, yeah, is how yeah. he put it really when it, yeah. when it come down to it. And I didn't know Spencer personally, but I think from the people that I've talked to, it seems like across the board that that seems to be the, the resounding theme anyways, when yeah. it comes to him. Yeah. Every, everybody I've talked to about him, you know, he was, he was for the racer. He was for the teams and, and 
you know, just to hear you say that, you know, he got out and, and got sponsorship, you know, that's just, that's awesome. And, and something that, that was way before it's time, you know, for that series. And that's why, you know, one reason it was so successful. Yeah. I do want to mention as well, while we're, while we've got just a second here for all the fans out there uh, watching, um, if you have some questions or anything for any of these guys, please put them there in the comment section uh, below. We'll be happy to get them to answer those questions for you. Um, that's been, you know, something we've done at each of these shows. And it's been a lot of fun hearing some of the questions that the, uh, that the, that the fans have uh, for us. I like this one here. Um, Sarah asked, uh, how did you get your nickname, Tim? <laughs> well, I was driving for Jody Keltner. And uh, uh, we was, wrestling was big at that time, you know, Stone Cold this. Everybody was wrestling. I always watch it. I go into the shop and I talk about it. And uh, come, we talk about wrestling, you know. And I take my son. We went to Lexington a couple times and watched it. And I come into the race shop one day, and, and on the cell panel, he'd got a Stone Cold sticker made and put it on the car, and it just kind of stuck. I think Spanky kind of took it and ran with it, and just just kind of stuck. You you'd be some. It's just unbelievable people that still call me Stone Cold. I, I hadn't really raced competitive for probably seven, eight years now. And uh, still people, that's, you know, that's. I had a good feeling it was it was due to due to the wrestling deal because, yeah. uh, you know, that was kind of in that same same era, if you will. Um, but, uh, yeah, that that always stuck with me is, you know, Stone Cold Tim Tungit. I loved it. <laughs> it just had a good ring to it. Yeah. Well, you, you sound a little bit like Stone Cold uh, well, as I, well, so that might help a little bit. Maybe <laughs> it had something to do with that. So uh, I, I'm not sure, but that's just that's just a guess I've got. Yeah, it could have been. <laughs> of course, you just had to know Jody Keltner, too. He was a character. He was a great car owner, but he was such a character. I, I could get telling stories on him and, and go all night, but I – I better not, you know, because <laughs> some of the stuff we did and and uh, just, you know, just had a lot of fun. Learned a lot. Learned a lot. He was like my second dad. When I started driving for him, I think I was 20, I'm going to say 23, 22, 23, and he was like 40, and I was like, man, you're old. You're older than dirt, you know. <laughs> I'll be 58 next week, and, and that's still young now. So, but – uh it's uh we had a lot of fun I, he, like i said he was my second dad and uh we I, I spent most of my time with those people you know yeah yeah brian ramsey wants to know eddie are you going to race any local shows in kentucky this year uh i'm not sure we're i know there's a possibility of the north south for sure um other than that i'm not real sure right now because it's a it's a pretty good journey for us now to go come down that way yeah i i'm sure it is well I definitely hope we see you at the at the north south 100 and and wes and i talked about it well we've got you on here we 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 have to personally uh thank you for that uh 2014 win at the north south 100 you're only the second kentucky native to to win that race and and we had been we had been waiting on it. I think it was a big day for. I know it's not Battle of Bluegrass related, but it was a big day for for Kentucky late model racing fans when when you won that race. Yeah, I thought it was too because I knew, um, you know, me being a Kentucky boy at heart, and that and 
like I said in the interview about two weeks ago, Kentucky's always home and always will be home. But uh, that was uh, that's the most probably the most memorable win I've I've had. Yeah, I'd say so. And and we we'll always consider you a Kentucky boy too. And uh, I remember even back when that was ha- when that happened when you won that race and we posted that we had people arguing with us in the comment section. Uh, Eddie's from West Virginia. He's not from Kentucky, and so you know we've always had to had to defend your uh, your Kentucky being home. So we appreciate you saying that on Flow Racing for the for the world to hear because uh, you're you're a Kentucky boy. It's always been good to, good to have you around. I know you're in West Virginia now, and your nickname's the Salt Rock Express. But um, we'll always claim you around here. Well, the way I talk, you think I can. Say I'm not from Kentucky. <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> yeah, no. we uh, we talked about it, and and I've got that shirt on. That was that's the 32nd annual. Uh, that was the year that you wanted in in 2014, and it was cool when when you did that interview with uh, uh, with Flow Racing, and and they touched on that because I've been to a bunch of North South 100s and the crowd just went crazy when you won that that race and i like like ben said they're they're still they're still celebrating and partying you know <laughs> over that over that win and and for you to be able to come back and and uh hopefully race that again this year that would that would be really cool yeah we're uh we're hoping it all works out with the schedule with me driving for matt causner racing we all hope that will we're trying to work that in on into our schedule. That's awesome. And, you know, speaking of, I mean, from your Battle of the Bluegrass days, winning that first championship, you went on to national success with the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, of course, went on to be a, a North-South 100 winner. That That's that's your – as far as we're concerned, that's your biggest win because, you know, we, we all loved it. But how much did, did those days uh, – you know, being running that series and and growing up in it and facing that competition each and every week, how much did that help you uh, as far as in the into the future with your with your national stuff that you did with Grover? Well, it helped as far as um, you might like. You know, I went to a lot of different tracks that I hadn't been. Like. I went to Glasgow for the first time. That was whenever we went there with the Bob series. That was my first time ever being to Glasgow. I had run uh, Bluegrass Speedway a little bit, but not as much as I did when I run it. And I had never, I'd been to Richmond in a mod, but I'd never been to Richmond in a late model. And I don't think I'd been to Lake Cumberland before that. Maybe I had, but not that I can remember. And then, of course, I'd race Ponderosa a little bit. But uh, it got it. I don't know how uh, it. You might not have the perfect race car every night when you're going from different tracks to different tracks. But it teaches you how to adapt what you have and run as the fastest lap you can with what you have instead of being the car being spot on every night you had to adapt to your car to drive it to get it run as fast as it could 
and own it. Yeah, yeah. Marler last week he mentioned that these the Kentucky tracks were perfect as far as you had to. So much of it was on the driver. Yeah, so all of our track and like the tracks we run, there's there was not many of them that were like you was similar. Yeah, they was all kind of different sizes. The different on some of them, so it it uh, kind of prepared you for what you was going to see out like maybe national, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What was your favorite, favorite track that you ran during that, that battle of bluegrass series in the state of Kentucky? Uh, it probably would have to be. I always was a fan of two. One. I know it was in my area that where I lived at at that time. But I always liked it because it got real slick. You know, play with, you had to be easy on the throttle. Didn't take a lot of motor. And it made, I was always, always liked tracks that you had to to drive them. You couldn't go out there and put it on the floor and just let the, all that take. You, You had the driver had to have input in the car for you to have a good night. Is, is a lot of that still the same, you think? I mean, how, how much different is it now as far as, you know, from what it was like in the Battle of the Bluegrass days as far as car car versus driver? Is it more car now? Is it more driver than it was? What What's the difference between racing back then and, and racing now? Uh, engineers. Yeah. That's the difference, engineers. But um, you'll find it every now and then to where the driver has to do his part. I mean, you still have to drive the race car, but if you got a good race car nowadays, you can just you. It's like you're on the wheel all night long. Like mm-hmm. back in the day when we raced Bob Series, our cars and suspension wasn't like they was now. So when the track got slicker, as a driver, you had to slow down and use your feet to drive. Now, if you got your good car, good, it's like you're qualifying every lap yeah spanky as far as what you see and what you do now of course with the valvoline iron man late model series what what as far as in today's time with with late model racing now or just racing in general what what are the biggest uh, differences you see between now and then well i think one of the things and i'm sure the lady and tim would agree with, with this from the time that the battle bluegrass series was in its heyday versus you know Super late model racing today, the technology with the shocks and springs and the tires and whatnot, uh, the cars are literally glued to the racetrack now in, in, in lots of cases. Whereas back at that time, uh, I think with the body styles and suspensions as they were, uh, maybe the tires weren't as good back at that time. I don't that part I really don't know on. I'm just gonna guess in there about the tire deal, but um, the suspension and shock and spring stuff, I think. Um, kind of like the lady said, it uh, it wasn't so much about how great the race car was back then. Uh, you had to have a man sitting in the seat of it that could not, you know, when the race tracks flipped off, you had to be able to drive by the by the field you were in and with your feet there a little bit. Yeah. Stone Cold, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, what little bit I could hear of it. Spanky's mic or something's a little. I can't hardly hardly hear him. Uh, yeah, the, the cars today, it's, it's like when, when 
when I was racing late models heavy, you, you get, you get a break going down the straightaway, you know, you could rest a little bit. Nowadays, it's like you're driving the right front in the ground all the time. And you're, 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 you're just wrestling it the whole night. You know, I, I, that's why you see the younger generation, the younger boys are getting it done a little easier because they're, you know, they're in a little bit better shape. They're younger, of course, you know, uh, once you get a little age on you, it, it takes its toll on you because you just have to drive them every, every lap. I mean, constantly. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And I, I agree, Tim. I'm still hearing that as well. I, I, I hate that. I wish there was something I could do about it on, on my end. Uh, Spanky, one th- we might try just uh, if you could leave, try leaving the, the studio and then jump back in. Let's see if that fixes that audio issue we're, we're having. Sorry about that, man. I, we've got to get you fixed because I know you, okay. you've got a lot of good things to say. Yeah, I, I want to hear all the, all uh, the history. How do I go about leaving here? It should, there should be an X there on the. Let me see if I can. Uh, I think I can. Okay, I, I can see. kick you. Yeah, I was gonna say I can kick you. Just don't take no offense to it. I'm not <laughs> kicking you. <laughs> I got. You. All right, we'll give that a shot there and see. Like I said, that's the great thing about technology is it's good when it works. Yeah. Uh, but but when it don't, uh, I'm kind of at a loss for words. I don't know a lot about it. I'll tell you this, Westland. I'm sure don't know a lot about it. Sure uh, so we we'd be helpless if it if it was up to him, but <laughs> uh, we'll definitely do the best we can. Is there for you two guys? Uh, is there is there a, a particular memory, anything about those days back running with the Battle of the Bluegrass, a particular race, a battle, anything that you can you recall that sort of sticks in your mind about that time period? Go ahead, Ed. Yeah, probably some of the hotels we had to stay in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds like fun for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, they was they was bad, but that's what made the trips. I mean, that that's that's just memories you'll never forget. I mean, it was probably bad, but it's like that's just that's just fun, you know. Just you'd be driving down the road going to the next track. Where we're gonna stay. Oh, this in here looks nice. But <laughs> Twenty-two dollars or something. Well, yeah, <laughs> you off the town to scratch you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've stayed at some rough ones too. Yeah, you talk about the North South. I think it might have been the twenty fourteen North South one hundred. I went up and stayed at at the. Uh, I was in high school, and um, or no, I wasn't in high school. Just hadn't been out of high school long. It wasn't twenty fourteen. It was earlier than that. But I went up and stayed at America's Best Value Inn. It was the cheapest room I could find. I go in there and and uh, and walk into my room and set my things down. And I think they had a some uh, maybe a satellite dish receiver or something sitting there. And I moved it out of the way to set my bag down. And roaches went flying everywhere. So um, you know th- those hotel rooms, man, they can they can be a, they can be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're on a budget. Yeah. 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 For sure. Hey, I'll tell you one, Victor Lee mentioned this last week. I wanted, I wanted to see if you remembered this, uh, Eddie, while, while we had you on here. I was, we, we were cracking up. So Victor says early on, this must have been around 2002, 2003, he had just started on a late model. He said you, you two somehow got into it on the track, and after the race was over, he came, up, he came around and gave you a little uh, love tap. And he said he pulled in the pits there, and you came up to him, and you said – 
young man, you're not going to do that again. And he said he just put his head down. Do you recall that? Yeah, um, I think that, yeah, Victor just started like when the Bob series got going. He had just started kind of dipping into late models a little bit. And man, we got into it somewhere. And I just kind of went over and talked to him and said, you're not going to do that. I said, uh, you need to learn how to use your head a little bit better when you're racing against these guys and try to be a little bit more respectful. <laughs> so the next few times we raced against each other, he kind of like – he had changed a little bit, and then we see what he's become now. Yeah, I remember he said uh, back then he was young and, you know, thought he was really doing something, and, and you all had had a, had a little uh, – little mishap there on the track and, and he thought hey, i'll show him he said nah, I, I learned my lesson right quick I said yeah. i ain't gonna mess with little eddie he ain't very little <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he's turned into a good driver too yeah well maybe that's what maybe that's what turned the course for, for him right there it could have been what that's what we'll say it did yeah that's exactly right <laughs> All it took was a love tap to Eddie Carrier Jr. to straighten yeah. him right up. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. How about you, Tim? What is there, is there something something that comes to mind for you? Uh, probably the, one of the my first Bob race I won. Uh, it was on a Sunday afternoon at Bluegrass, and uh, uh, we was coming to the checkered flag, and, and Dustin Neat got in the wall and spun out on the front straightaway right past the flag stand. And the sun couldn't see anything, and I hit him right, just destroyed my car after I took a checker. And that probably, I think about that a lot, you know. Uh, we, we took it home that Sunday and stripped it that night and, and had it at Rockets like on Tuesday, and uh, had it, we raced it the next weekend. And that, that was like, that was probably in 02 or 03. That was before I started running the series regular. I'm going to yeah. say it's probably 02, 04. Uh, Spanky's holding his four. It must have been 04. And uh, yeah, probably because I was racing for Jody Keltner. We bought a car from uh, from uh, Jerry Rice's car, one of the, uh, the the Brooks brothers, or Brooks man, his daddy, her daddy and his son. And uh, uh, we stripped that car and had it back together the next weekend to race, and we put a front clip on it. Spanky, I'll ask you the same. We've been waiting to have you come on here, man, and and uh, you had a prior obligation and weren't able to join us a few weeks ago. We had to move it back a few weeks. I consider you a historian. Uh, I don't think anybody knows more about the history of racing around here uh, th than you do. Uh, but when it comes to this series, uh, what's what's your what's your memory? What 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 comes? You know, what's what's a big memory for you? Is there an event? A, a time or something personally for you now we have now we have no we've went That's from we went from, or something we've went from bad audio to, to no audio <laughs> <laughs> listen we say uh, we are we are high-tech redneck and we're bad at high-tech yeah probably work Let's see if it works now spank he he's not mute. He's not muted on on my screen. Must be on his his, his name. A mute button pops up beside it every now and then. Oh yeah. See, I can I can mute him and unmute him, but but he's 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 mute. Well, maybe we could just imagine what <laughs> what he's saying. 
Wes, why don't you just why don't you just say what you think Michael to Spain is saying right now? <laughs> okay. yeah, I mean, okay. you're gonna have to do something to help us out. I know you can't help us with technology, but you could at least say what you think Spanky to Spain's saying. Well, he's saying that these two sitting here on the broadcast with us is is two of the best to ever strap in a in a light model. That's what that's what Spanky's saying. And he's watched some battle uh, many a time um, coming to the checkered flag. <laughs> well, I could I could agree with that. It's unfortunate we don't have we don't have the stories that that Michael to Spain uh, would would have. That's for sure. No, yeah. no, nobody does. I hope he gets it lined out so he can come back on because uh, he is he's he's full of. Full of knowledge, um, yeah. racing wise, and especially across the state. One memory I have at uh, <laughs> Mountain Motor: first time I was there, and we qualified. Little Ed was there. Uh, we uh, qualified and run a heat race, and I was like wearing my tires. They was like, you know, after a heat race, they was like just eat up. And so I went and talked to Little Eddie because I knew he was from that area. And I said, what about these tires? Are we gonna, you know, we're gonna have to put a hard tire on for this feature. He said, don't you put a hard tire on that car because you won't go anywhere. He said, you've got to put the soft ones on. And he he won. I run second that night. And when we got done, the tires were slick as a countertop. But there were some guys that tried hard tires that didn't know any better, and they went straight backwards. So, you know, that was like what Eddie talked about. Like, you know, you could go ask somebody, and they'd tell you, and they would help you, you know. And little Ed, he knew I needed help there because, I, I like, I'd never been there before. And uh, it was – Fun little race, the place to race at. It was sandy as all get out, but uh, it, it was fun. And like I said, Eddie won. I run second that night. All right, Spanky, testing one, two. Other, we've got you back on here. Wes couldn't impersonate. We tried to get him no. to. He he just couldn't. He couldn't say what you were going to say. So we'll let you say it. Yeah, he he's he he's about like you were that first time we tried to do video on this podcast. Wes, <laughs> he can't hear. He can't hear it. He can't hear a thing we're saying. So anybody wants to say say whatever you want to say about Spanky, Qualified. go for it. Now's the time. Beats. Yeah, over to one person. He can't. He can't hear. He can't hear a word we're saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I don't think anybody's got anything but good things to say about uh, about Spanky. And like I said, I mean, I know James Essex. We had him on here, and he had a lot of a lot to add about the early days of the battle of the bluegrass dirt car series. But, you know, later on after Spanky or after not Spanky, after uh, Spencer sold the series and later on, um, you know, to me was just as good. Those were the days I remember best because at that point I'd got my driver's license, was able to travel up and down the state. And, you know, that's one of the biggest things for for us. I mean, I know you guys as drivers, you have your own perspective, but as fans of the sport, during that time period, it really did give you all – like it really put the spotlight on you guys as drivers. And 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 I know it's funny because as I've gotten older and, and had the privilege to get to know so many drivers across this state, what I realize now is you got you're just you're, you're just the everyday people like we are, you know. You just you just drove race cars, but but to us growing up as fans, you you were idols, especially with this series because we watched you each and every week battle against each other. Uh, did, did you did you ever feel that 
as drivers, um, did, did, do you realize that? Did you realize that? Or are you just like, man, I'm, I just, I just drive a race car. Well, for me, yeah, no, I, I just was just, that's just me. I tried to just be me every time, every person I met, you know, whatever I didn't, I never felt like I was better than anybody else or even as good as most, you know, it, it just, it just was part of my life. It's just what I did. You know, I, I started when I was 21 and I'm, 57 i'm still trying to do it a little bit you know so uh but it's, it's just who i am who you know uh it's just part of my life you know i, I just I, it never made me really feel like i was uh, you know if you want you want to race you always felt pretty good but uh no it, it was it, it never made me it didn't change me any what about you eddie no i mean i grew up racing family so i it was probably second nature what I was going to do but I mean like my grandpa and my uncle Bobby and my cousin Bobby and my dad all raced and it was just kind of a deal like mm, I mean it just that's what we've done you know yeah. there's no question what we was going to be doing on the weekend we was going to go to the races you know and it was never a deal like I'm doing this for fame or doing this to try to get noticed that's just i was a poor boy and got an opportunity to do go race for a living and that's i mean that's just what i've done and i just tried to be nice to everybody and find whatever you had to find, talk to people and treat the racers like there's somebody you know i was never no just because i won this race i didn't better than the rest of the drivers we were, we're all boat. We're out here. We're giving up our weekends. We're giving day days of summer to go on the lake or be with families or go so we race. And you know, some of us try to make a living at it. Some of us done it because that's what we love to do. Yeah, it's it's just like I said. I mean, it's cool hearing hearing the different perspectives. You know, because like I said, it, at that time it was different as well because we didn't have the social media, the live streaming, the dirt on dirt, everything that we had today. And and even back then, you would show up at a racetrack and you wouldn't, you weren't sure who would who was going to be there until the cars started pulling out of the pits. Um, you know, but but it, it it was so much fun back then just being able to. We even though you guys were you, we we felt close to to local drivers back then and sort of felt like we had a connection to them because we'd go watch them all the time uh, each and each and every week and Battle of the Bluegrass gave us a, a a way to be able to to do that. Speaking of, you talked about being from a racing family, Eddie. Uh, uh, someone asked here, what what was it like racing against your dad? Uh, it was, it was pretty cool. I mean, um, I hate to say this, but when you get on the racetrack, he's just another guy you got to beat. <laughs> yeah. And the reason I say that is cause he told me when we was racing together, he said, I'll, if you're leading, I'll run behind you. But when the white flag comes out, you're on your own. So I, 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 I so I, I'm sure that had a lot to do with your career then, probably as much as anything, is dad being there saying, you know, this is this is on you. You're yeah. gonna beat me. Yeah, he it was no giving giving it to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you had to earn it from the start. Was there any of those those races where uh he he might have wrecked you for the win? 
I don't think he I, he never did. <laughs> Got lucky, though. but I never wrecked him neither because I knew if I put a fender on him, I was probably going to get a big fender put on me. <laughs> yeah, and, and then you you both would have to work on the car. That yeah. was just more work. Both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Someone here says is a lifelong ECJ fan. Would love to see him run some races with a throwback to his '9901 number one car. It's funny you say that, uh, Ryan, because I think a lot of modern fans. We posted that picture several times from the from the 2002 season, the one car. I think a lot of fans don't recognize you in that. You know, people know Eddie Carrier Jr. from the '28 car. And when you throw the one out there to 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 you know a lot of fans, like I said, don't don't even recognize who that car belongs to. Yeah, because like you said, back in them days, no social media or nothing. I mean, yeah. I would like racing papers, and if you wasn't a subscriber, you didn't know. Or if you didn't go to the races, you didn't know you couldn't pick it on your computer and see pictures from a race or something. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was different times for sure, and I feel like that that had a lot to do with it. Just the availability of information and pictures and videos and and uh, and all those all those sort of things. Uh, Spanky, hey man, we've got you back on here now. We can see you. I can see you're hearing us because you're nodding your head. I'm just hoping we can hear you this time, buddy. How about it now? Can you guys hear me? Oh man, we yes, got you. absolutely. Okay. You don't give a you don't give a hillbilly like me technology. I'm I'm just <laughs> smart enough to turn it on. That's about it. Well, I couldn't turn on your microphone at the racetrack, so a little bit of a reverse order here. Uh, but hey, we got you back on here now, and that's all that matters. I wanted to ask you while while we've got you, I'm not going to waste any time. You mentioned you you took over. Uh, you think you said in 2006? Is that right? As the as the voice of Battle of the Bluegrass series. Is that- uh, I've done some stuff in five, six, and probably uh, right around seven. I was, you know, going with them as much as I possibly could at that point in time. Yeah, and then, and then in 07, 07 to 09, like I said, I mean, we had James Essex on here a couple of weeks ago, and he talked a lot about the earlier days of Battle of the Bluegrass when, when you know, Spencer hired him to, to be the uh, – you know, media media relations person, um, announcer for the for the series, and then, but tell us tell us some uh, about later on that oh seven to oh nine period. Uh, you know, later on in the Battle of the Bluegrass days, what what was it that made this series so so unique and and so special that people you know we we're going on uh, we're going on fourteen years and people still beg for us to bring it back. Well, I mean, like I said earlier, it was still giving, you know, uh, guys to uh, a, a place to establish themselves on a higher level uh, in, in a regional racing series. And a lot of people may or may not know this. I know Tim will remember this. Uh, Battle of the Bluegrass had a deal through Masters Entertainment with uh, Outdoor Channel. Uh, they had mm. some events that were broadcast on a tape delay basis, I was fortunate enough to get to go do the voiceover stuff for that that stuff in Bristol, Tennessee, and uh, uh, one of them was broadcast was uh, taped at Bluegrass Speedway, uh, the Bluegrass Fifty that year. Jason Keltner won it, 
and then uh, one of them was taped at Ponderosa Speedway, and uh, that was the last Battle of the Bluegrass Series victory for Eddie Carrier Jr. over there that particular Friday evening. I do vaguely remember the the Outdoor Channel stuff. I've seen some pictures of the of the film crew being being out there on the racetrack, and you know, like of course that was before uh, that was before dirt on dirt or dirt on dirt it was just kind of getting going at that time so i mean really for a regional series for a local series that that was something that was a big deal i mean eddie carrier june i don't know how many times these guys have been on tv before you know running races around here we've we've lost we've lost audio again so (laughs) 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 hey uh, Somebody said here in a comment they think the technology in the cars has changed. Um, I think technology with us race fans and and people involved in the sport has changed as well. And we're we're obviously not able to keep up with it. But I tell you what, I'm going to try one more thing. Let's see if I can get Michael Despain on the phone here. All right, let's see. Let's see if we can. Let's see if we can get him on the phone here just to just to finish up the show and. Uh, so everyone listening, I'm, you know, sorry, sorry about this. Uh, these technical issues, it's part of, it's part of racing. Okay. We, we've all, we've all got them and, and we'll, we'll do the best we can to, to, uh, to try to get through it. Wes, while we've got a second, tell me what you haven't talked a lot through this whole, this whole podcast series. What, what's something battle the bluegrass memory, uh, that you have? I know you were just kind of getting involved in the sport. Yeah, the, the cool thing, and, and a lot of these guys that, that we've had on here, you know, the drivers, um, James mentioned it, Spanky mentioned it, but when I was getting into to racing 05, 05, you know, and then 06, 07, I was hooked, you know, from the first dirt race that I watched in 2005, and then, you know, Battle of the Bluegrass was, was hot and heavy, and I would go and watch the races, go to the pits. I didn't, I didn't know a lot of people then didn't, didn't talk to the drivers, but you know, I just had a blast going to those, those races, being a, being a new fan and getting to, to watch the drivers. I knew all of their names. I knew, I knew, you know, car numbers, chassis, um, where they was from. And just to make that connection, like you had talked about earlier, um was just really really cool and uh i just to see to see them still racing today and and then some of them to go and and you know make it to the national level you know and it's like i watch those guys race around home and now they're they're racing you know lucas oil or world outlaws and and racing for big money so uh just just cool deal and uh how cool would it be, you know, this many years later to to have kind of a a little, you know, battle of the bluegrass speed weeks or or you know, kind of a regional series, you know, in in twenty twenty four, as James has kind of mentioned that that he would love to to see happen. I agree with you. I had you. I had myself muted there for a second. We're going to try one more thing so you can see just how how technology driven we are here on Dirt Racing the Bluegrass Live. I've got Michael to Spain on the phone. I'm going to try to talk to him and then put him in the microphone. We'll see if this can work. 
because Spanky, there was one thing that I wanted to make sure, and I hate that we've had this this issue. I know you you had so much that you could have could have added good stuff uh, here to our to our podcast about this this great series. And but one thing I wanted to ask you about was, like I said, James Essick talked talked a lot about early days, but not so much about later on. So what was what were all the transitions like? Do, do you know a whole lot about the different transitions that the series made as far as going from Spencer Wilson to to, to different ownerships and, and that sort of deal? Uh, the only transition that I can really tell you about, I know when Spencer got out, uh, Tom McConnell uh, was the man that purchased the series uh, and it later on became the uh, transition from Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series to Battle of the Bluegrass pulling series uh that is still in existence today and um i know uh larry yance kind of run the the day-to-day of it for him uh, alan tilly was kind of the rate was more or less a race director for that deal uh back at that time and um i was just lucky enough to get to uh, get to tag along and uh and get to work uh with with a lot of good people uh throughout the entire existence of the battle of bluegrass um, and I have the opportunity to build relationships with a lot of awesome race car drivers. So that leads me to, a, to another question. And I wish these other guys on here on the podcast could hear you or, or speak to you. They can hear you, but they can't talk to you. So unfortunately you're just, you're stuck with me. Uh, I'm the only one that can communicate with you, but, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, we, we do, we love the series. I mean, I still get messages every day on the page people asking me to bring it back what they don't realize i don't i don't have the ability to do that i wish i did i'd do it in a heartbeat uh but uh and we have great series around but being so special people still want to talk about it think about it we've had over 2600 views on our last episode of this podcast over 2000 on the one before that it's still a hot topic it's still something we just we love to talk about but what was it you think in the end that that made the series go away? Yes. Well, I think it was a combination of things. I mean, there, there were a lot of variables involved. Um, and I hate to say this, but I think one of the things that probably uh, maybe pushed it over the edge was that uh, Mr. McConnell uh, wanted to introduce Goodyear tires uh, into uh, – and make it basically the the only tire that uh, that you could run with the Battle of Bluegrass series, and you know Hoosier and American Racer were had always been the predominantly uh, the two two tires of choice uh, that you know and had legal compounds that uh, that drivers could choose from to run between the two brands, and uh, they were looking at making it go Goodyear only, and you know you. At that point, you was kind of going to be on an island by yourself, and and drivers that had tire deals both with American Racer or Hoosier, uh, you know, they really weren't in a situation maybe that they could give those up. So, uh, you know, I think maybe that may may have contributed as much as anything to it. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure I'm not sure. I mean, either of you two guys, Eddie or Tim, have you have you ever ran a a Goodyear tire on a dirt late model? Yes, I have. I have not. <clears throat> what point were, did you run those those tires, Eddie? Was it 
was it uh in the it, was it in the 2000s or it was uh when i run stacker two okay i got you yeah series they had that good year our deal was there some connection to that stacker two series i, I think i remember marler and and victor possibly talked about maybe there was a co-sanctioning with the battle of the bluegrass and the stacker two series was there I can't, what was the relation there i can't remember if there was or not but i knew hey that, josh go ahead I, uh because i can't hear the other two guys but um that event was at dixie speedway and it was co-sanctioned between what was the NARA series at that time that Spencer had started and the uh, Stacker 2 Extreme Dirt Car Series. Okay, I got you. So that, that would be the connection would be the would be Spencer Wilson, basically, then with that uh, NARA Yes, series. because myself and, uh, and a good friend of mine that lives here in Campbellsville, Mike Sullivan, uh, we were down there and done the uh, we done the internet broadcast uh, for the Saturday night part of it. The race was it wasn't streamed or live video, but there was live audio of it. So what do you, what do you think? Like, what was his reason? What what would have been the benefit to? I, I mean, I don't know how to say this other than basically taking a chance on tanking tanking the series over over Goodyear Tire versus something that that was working everywhere else like hoosier and american racer well you hate to say it but uh the, the world of racing today uh, it revolves around just like it did then but even maybe more so today the almighty dollar and uh goodyear was gonna write a write a write a pretty substantial uh to check a uh, check uh to the series to uh help fund things and it's really it's unfortunate that that things things happened um, the way that they did. I mean, like I said, I know, you know, we've we've get, we've got great regional series around uh, around now. But um, you know, like I said before, uh, the Battle of the Bluegrass Days just gave gave guys a, a platform that that we here at least seems like we haven't been able to 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 get back to since. I'm talking about specifically in Kentucky. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, I mean, I know regionally there, there are things, but, but, but we haven't been able to get back to it and I'll have all of you chime in on this Spanky, since you're the only one that can hear me, I'll let you, I'll let you start. And then Eddie and Tim will, will, uh, kind of finish with this, but, um, what, it, why do you think, why do you think it hasn't, you know, and, and there's been some people try to bring it back to not, I wouldn't say that it's been, been very successful, why is that, do you think? Well, I, it was something that had never been done in the state of Kentucky. And, and, and the racers and the race fans of this, of this area of the country and the state of Kentucky, uh, they, they were hungry and they saw it as a, as a you know, a great opportunity. Uh, you know, racers could go and race and, and they knew what they were going to race for when they got there. Uh, and the fans knew that they were going to see a great group of drivers uh, uh, put on a show for them uh, at these Battle of the Bluegrass Series events. Yeah, and and Eddie, I know you're you work for Rocket now, and you're involved with Rocket, and you're, you're you've been even though you haven't been running full time schedule the last several years, but all of you guys are involved with uh, with still today in in late model racing. 
Uh, let me ask you this: do you, do you think is there an answer for for regional or or local racing? Do you think there's a way that it could ever something similar to Battle of the Bluegrass, as far as you know, specifically one state here in Kentucky that it could ever ever resemble what it what it was back then? Um, I wish it could, but I don't think it can because of the cost now, like. Back in like 2002, 2003, we could build a brand new roller car for probably anywhere from 15 to 22, 23,000. We could buy a brand new aluminum motor for 22 to 23,000. Now it probably costs you anywhere from 40 to 60,000 to build that car, and it's going to cost you 50,000 for that motor. So the regional guy cannot afford to do it. That's got a regular job. He's got a family. He does it just for the side and for the hobby. He cannot yeah. afford to do that. And that's yeah. why we have crate cars now. And that's why a lot of you see a lot of them guys running crates is because that's what they can afford to do. And that's, you take the crate class, that's what the supers used to cost to race. Now they've doubled or tripled to race. Yeah. Yeah. You look at you look at around you know around Kentucky now. A lot of guys that were super um, late model drivers uh, have now bought crates and and are running that series. And and Josh and I and and several others we've we've talked about uh, the growth in in that you know crate division yeah. pro late model division. Um, and, just like and, Tim, I know I've known Tim for years, and I knew what he drove. And like when he had his race team, probably consisted of probably three or four guys chipping in and throwing in money. You know, they make money and throw in, say, "Hey, we're going to buy a motor." Be three or four of them chip in and go buy him a motor, or he go buy tires. It was a it was a group of buddies that went and raced together and spent their money because that's what they wanted to do. Now. They can't do that because it's too much. Right. That's exactly right. Tracks can't afford, some of the tracks can't afford to pay <laughs> what it needs to pay a late model to come around and race for a big show. Like back in the Bob series, like in 0203, we was running for $3,000 and $5,000. Well, most late model guys will laugh at you to come and run for that now. Yeah. Yeah, just because of the expense they have. Exactly. You all have trying to trying to do this these days. Yeah. Well, we, we've seen that both at, at East Bay and Volusia, both, you know, guys setting out races because he's only running for five or 7,000, you know, because, A, you don't want to tear your car up in a non-points race, and then, B, just how much, you know, expensive that set of tars is and fuel that, that you'd race that night, so. Yeah, even uh, like from this Bob series that year, I had I had probably four or five guys that was like on the car and just give him, you know. That. Now you ask that guy to help you. I mean, that these are guys that might drop you four hundred. They might drop you two hundred a week, or you know what I'm saying. It's just a hundred here, a hundred there, two hundred here, and I helped out a lot. Well, now two hundred won't even fill the truck up. Yeah. Yeah, it won't even buy a tire. No, I mean, <laughs> one. No. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, and something else that we talked about last week too, back then guys would run multiple events on the same set of tires. Yes. You never hear that these days. No. We're lucky to get a heat race, a qualifying and heat race out of them now. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what Marler said, you know, last week. He didn't he didn't go to Florida because of the tire bill. I mean, just, right. can't, just can't afford it to yeah, make the trip. Tire bill in Florida, and you can probably come back home and race three to four months on that tire, on what you spent to go there. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And, Tim, I know you, you've run a little bit the last couple of years. We, we see you every now and then it seems like – um, someone asked earlier, you plan on running this year? And then also, um, and then also, I mean, from your standpoint, uh, how, how much, you know, how difficult is it these days to just to be able to, to well, you know, it's, it's real difficult and probably not going to race this year for uh, the boy, that the guy that I was driving for, he sold out this winter and for the exact reason, cause crate cars even got so expensive. You know, we run the same tires at the Super Runs. I think they're $245 a piece this year, you know. And you still, if you want to run up front, you still got to have good, you know, new tires. So, you know, and then the fuel, we run the, the crate fuel is, it's about 10 or $11 a gallon. So, it, you know, there's not a lot, not a lot of difference in, in crate fuel and, and Super Fuel. And uh, it's just it's so expensive. So, he, he's gotten out. And I think that's uh, the main reason you will never see a series like Battle of Bluegrass come back is because of the expense, you know, and like we said earlier, there's no cars, you know, there's yeah. like there's be five or six cars in our town. And now there's, there's one, you know, or two, you know, one, one super and a couple of crates, but people just can't afford to do it. And I, you know, I'm, I was like, Eddie, I had, you know, some buddies that would throw in five or $600 here. Maybe, you know, if you got lucky one, I'm gonna give you a thousand and you, you know, that's what we just kindly done things on. And, and that's, that's the way we made it work. And you, you could actually win if you had a good night. You could, you know, you could pay your expenses. But, you know, you'd always have to eat your motor rebuild costs because you never, you know, racing like we did, you never win enough to keep your motor fresh. Of course, back then you could freshen a motor for three or $4,000. Now it's about 10000 You know, so that, that's another reason why you, you just, it's just, it just not going to happen. You know, uh, Chris Tilly's trying to do something good with, with his series. Uh, but it's still, it's not ever going to bloom like like the Battle of Bluegrass did, just because it was perfect timing. It was a perfect storm for that time, you know. And I, I think, I, you know, like I, I have to, I know he's dead and gone. But compliment uh, Spencer Wilson for the way he did, and what, you know, what he did for all the racers. There's some guys still racing because of him to this day. Uh, you know, I still dabble a little bit, and I'd be one of them. Uh, Victor Lee, you know, he done a lot for Victor Lee. I'm sure he done some things for, for little Ed, uh, you know, but uh, you just, you don't have that now. These, these promoters don't really get out and, and do those kind of things for, for the drivers and the teams like they, you know, like they did then, you know, and the, the deals, you just don't get as, uh, don't get as many uh, tire deals. You don't get uh, fuel deals. You don't get, you know, uh, they, they'll give you a little percentage off, but, but, they're, you know, they're still in it for the money, and, and, you know, that's that's what we all do. You know, that's why we work. But, you know, it just I just don't ever see it. Uh, I don't ever see the crates really taking off because the promoters can't afford to pay them. Like, you know, you, you the crates need to be paid like the late models used to be paid every week, and it's just mm -hmm. not going to happen. You know, we, we race crate. We drug them all over everywhere, and you most time you don't even get enough to pay your 
one pit pass, much less your your fuel bill to the track and home, and you know, and the other five guys that you brought with you. So it's it's just yeah. tough now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I know a team that's went to Florida this year, and they spent before they left. They bought thirty thousand dollars worth of tires to go to to Georgia Florida Speed Week. They bought thirty thousand dollars worth of tires, and they had to buy their soft tires after they got there. So. Hmm. You're looking at probably a forty to fifty thousand dollar tire bill to run that whole series. Well, that's to me that's ridiculous. You know, yeah. I mean, but but yeah. it's the truth. Eddie will tell you the same thing. It's probably why Cosner came down and ran one week. You know, one a couple of races there at, at uh, Alltech, and then they went home because it's just don't, it doesn't make any sense to to do that. Yeah, Eddie, I'm sure you can elaborate on that as well. Now being involved with Matt Cosner racing getting back going some but you know just that trip to just that trip to florida alone in this conversation i think we can see you know talking about the whole goodyear thing but part of it is just the changes in late model racing as well and the lack of drivers that all kind of started right around the time period battle of the bluegrass dirt car series ended yeah i mean um like when the bluegrass series started you could still tell you could still run pretty cheap and then there was a lot of guys that were like looking for something to be able to get out and run for some money and then like then when it like in I guess it was like 07 08 09 and there's whenever everything just started steam you know just snowballing to what it costs to race and we were lucky enough right now that we have a lot of people that's got money or we got a few people that's got money that still love racing and they'll spend the money they, you know, like they do to race Yeah. for the fans that that want to still see racing. I mean, we need to give, you know, every time we go to track, we need to go up to the car owners and just shake their hand and thank them. Yeah. yeah. Right. Reason that they're the reason that some of us drivers are still racing or they're, they're the reason that some, some of these races are still happening. Yeah, them guys don't get enough credit for the money they spend for what less they get back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's very true. And and uh, and Spanky, we'll come back to you on this as well. I tried to put my microphone. Yeah, so I put I put my phone when. So here's how I here's how high tech redneck we are tonight when when you're talking i'll talk to you and i'll put you i'll put the phone up to my microphone when they're talking i'm putting it up to the speaker on my on my laptop and it seems like it's working pretty pretty well that way so so uh it's no big deal i've always been told i had a face for radio anyway so nobody needs to see me no we 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 enjoyed seeing you but you know what we'll take what we can get we've got you on here and that's and that's all that counts and uh but you being involved now with the Valvoline Ironman Late Model Series, Chris Tilly, he's done so much for our sport regionally, locally, for so many years now. That series has been, you know, meant so much to us around here. It's been the prominent one, uh, for sure, in this area and had some good racing. But I'm sure your involvement in that series, you see a lot about what we're talking about with the cost and just the struggles with race teams and everything as well. Yes, I mean everything that uh, that little lady and Tim have both said are, are correct. Uh, you know the the cost of dirt late model racing, the cost of just racing in general, 
it's probably more than uh, somewhere between triple and quadruple, you know, now compared to what it was uh, back when Battle of the Bluegrass Series started back in, you know, 2002 there. And, uh, uh, and I, you know, both of those gentlemen have stated that, you know, that's maybe, maybe that would probably be maybe the primary reason that you, you couldn't have a Battle of the Bluegrass Series anymore is because of the number of competitors that are no, you know, drivers that are no longer running super late models because uh, the the cost is just so uh, through the roof that, uh, like little Eddie said, the the working man it's gotten to the point where he can't afford uh, to to have a race car and even if he's got a job and and support his family as well. Yeah, yeah and I think that's one of the unfortunate realities, the sad things about it. You know, the people that you know, Wes and I, all of us as race fans grew up watching, we're all, uh, we're all, uh, you know, local, local guys, the self, self-made, you know, Eddie talked about, he worked hard. His dad taught him from early age. He's going to have to go out and earn it. Those are the kind of people we grew up watching. And I think that's what made it fun, uh, is, is it was that connection. And, and, and that's just not the same today yeah. across the board as it as it was even back during the battle of the bluegrass days yeah and, and all the all the stories that that we've heard um you know from other drivers and and talking about talking about drivers that they raced against that they were talented and didn't have the money and, and didn't know how they were going to make you know make it work but you know, they took the car they had and, and still could compete and win races, um, you know, based on that budget and, and basically because it was it was the driver um, that was in the seat and, and not, not the equipment and the technology in the car. Uh, that's what made it so so much fun to, to watch. And, and then we see them guys and it's like, man, what they can do on a on – a, not not very very big budget uh is just just crazy and, and still winning races yeah yeah still still winning races around here uh and i think some of it may be here locally uh that's why i'd like to see some of these guys back you know tim tim and and eddie coming back around here because i think part of it is these kentucky tracks sort of uh maybe more than other parts of the country give a driver opportunity to do more with less equipment. I think that was certainly true back then. And it's possible that it could still be at least a little bit true today. What do you, what do you guys, you drivers, what do you think? Or does it not matter? Well, my mind says I can still do it, but my body says I can't. So, you know, uh, it's it just, uh, it's a, like I said earlier, it's a young man's game, you know, uh, Kentucky tracks are, you know, you do have to drive Kentucky tracks a little. little Kentucky's kind of like uh, Southern tracks. You know, they get a lot slicker. You get up north a little bit, you a little more traction, uh, which is most of the time a little easier. Uh, but, you know, I, I guess you say it is what it is. You, you just uh, – uh, Kentucky tracks, are, they've always been the best. And, and uh, you know, most of the, good, the really good Kentucky tracks are gone, you know, far as i'm concerned the old Barron county track when it was banked up uh it was the best racetrack in 
10 states as far as I was concerned. Uh, you know, of course, I'm partial to bluegrass because I won a lot of races there. But uh, the Taylor County track, was a, it was a driver's track. I, I raced on it uh, a lot when I first started in street stocks. And, uh, and then it, and I ran some supers there, too. But uh, it, it was a good, you know, red clay track. You, you had to drive it and, uh, you know, work the, the gas and the brakes. And, uh, you know, like but the Barron County racetrack to me was, was one of the best tracks around. Yeah, I know. I know uh, it's a special place to a lot of people around here. Unfortunately, I never, I never got to go to Barron County Speedway. And uh, Eddie, you've had a chance to to run everywhere in the country. How would you compare uh, other tracks to Kentucky tracks? Do you feel like running on these tracks around here helped help you as far as learning to drive different different uh, surfaces and different, uh, you know, different different tracks around the country? did because uh we had like kind of a variety like of like richmond it was not the richmond we have today it was always usually usually pretty slick and icy uh bardstown was usually would get slick but it was a bigger track so that got you kind of bigger track and then I did get to race Taylor County, but I did get to race Barron County, not when it was banked, but whenever they put the walls around it. And it was a little bit different surface. And then Lake Cumberland was a little different, but uh, it, 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 like if you run different tracks, it gets you ready to get out there, but you're still going to run some that you're like, you have no idea what to do. But like you get out, like people, you know, sometimes they'll complain about their track or this track and like they don't understand it's everywhere. Like I can go 12 hours up the road and I can run into a track. It's like, why did I even travel this far when I can run at this track an hour from the house? But that's just what you get into. It's just, it's dirt racing. You know, we don't run asphalt and there's a reason we don't run asphalt is because it's more fun to run dirt. Cause you don't know what you're going to get every night. That's right. Ain't it West Lenham? Uh, dirt is more fun than, than asphalt. A converted asphalt fan to, to dirt racing. That's exactly right. Um, when, when I watched my first dirt race at, at Tazewell, um, I was hooked after that. Um, you know, it, it was hard to watch, uh, any, any race on asphalt, whether it was NASCAR or, or local at, at Corbin or, or Rock Castle and, and uh, you know, the dirt was, was where you raced and the, the asphalt was just how you got to the racetrack is, is always how I said it after that. But um, the question I was going to ask both of you two, uh, did you ever race uh, Rock Castle when it was dirt before? Uh, I know it was dirt and then it was asphalt and now it's back dirt uh, today there, there at Mount Vernon. Yeah, I raced it uh, in a modified. I never did race the late model the first when it was first dirt, and I've not raced there after they've changed it to dirt. Mm -hmm. I raced there uh, uh, in the street stock. I ran an enduro race there before, and then I also ran a super late model there some. It was a way better track then than it is now. It's way better. It, you know, it's a little rougher to get in and out of. 
uh, at the back stretch then is the front stretch now. It had a rock wall, rock ledges sticking out everywhere on the back stretch. But it was a it was a fun racetrack. It, it, like I said, it was it was it was faster and it was is more racy than it is now. Yeah, yeah I, I remembered it as as uh, when it was asphalt track, and then actually this past year did get to go up there and and uh, watch a race uh, and enjoyed it. Uh, Josh and I both was there, had a blast, but. I'd always heard that that at the time was one of the best dirt tracks in the state. It, it um, sure was. Yeah, Joe Denny. I think Joe Denny built the place back in when it was built. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From everything I've heard, it was certainly a lot different uh, back yeah. then. Well, one, I got one more question for you, Tim. I think you might be the only the only driver in the country. Uh, well, there's two of you to be considered a co-champion of the of the of a series. But that 2005 season, uh, you tied with Mike Jewell for the for the championship. First thing I wonder, how did someone battle the Bluegrass Series not come up with a tiebreaker? But it's a good thing for both of you guys. Yeah. How much fun was it, and what did it mean to you to be the champion of that series against all it, that competition? It, it was a lot of fun. I, I guess they just never re- dreamed or thought that it could come up as a tie because they'd had it for what four or five years and you know hadn't been a tie well we went into florence the last race we had a, a small lead and uh we'd always just took one car we had two cars but we only had a trailer to haul one car and uh uh jason keltner was going they had a stacker trailer and, and i i got in touch with terry his dad and i said you care i said we're racing for this championship and i said you know i may could, is there any way i could put my my backup car in your trailer and i said you know just to have he said well sure so uh, we, we put it in there and, and hoping we wouldn't need it, you know, hoping we'd have to go back Monday at his shop and pick it up and uh, went out to qualify and broke a camshaft in, in our Rayburn car. And uh, so we, we got the other car out and, and uh, uh, got it ready and started to tell the heat, moved up, uh, got into the feature and was running good in the feature and uh, the uh, water pump boats. At, I, I don't know if I'd overlooked them or what, but anyway, they gotten loose and it started blowing water out. So we ended up having to pull out, and that's how we ended up tied. <laughs> it worked out the points. It was just tied. It, it was it was it was heartbreaking for me, but then you know, but then again, you know, I took a, a small. We took a small budget team, and. And and you know competed and had you know had a chance to, of winning it you know of course Mike Jewell Mike Jewell was a, a quite a bit bigger team than we was now he wasn't no major team but you know he was a good racer he'd been around a long time had good equipment had good stuff uh, he was running I think Cornet Motors and we we was running the AMS motor out of the E Town and uh, uh, we you know we just just we had a lot of luck that whole year until that last race and it just kind of bit us you know that. It just wasn't meant for me to win it outright. It was, you know, just to be a co-champion. But you know, that's that's better not getting, you know, than not getting anything at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, definitely take the take the co-champion in that case because it's a champion yeah. nonetheless, and and uh, and and a great series to be a, to be a champion of. And uh, Eddie, I'll go to you. Like I said, I would sort of wrap things up with this, but like I said, being the inaugural champion of this series, there was so much excitement. Uh, I wish I could have been there to to experience it because James Essex talked about that meeting at Wayne Bowen Racing Supply when the series was getting started and Spencer Wilson announced it was going to be the Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series for late models. 
you had a lot of competition that first year. A lot of people wanted to be that first champion. I know it. I know it had to have been a lot of fun for you to follow that series first year, and then uh, and then to come out on top of it. I know it's been a long time ago, but it had to mean a lot to you. Yes, it meant a lot at the, at the time in my career. It meant a lot because I hadn't really got out and raced like late like that at a lot in my career at that time, and I was still young. And like, was still like kind of a budget team deal, uh, and like I said, it and I got to and I raced. I was kind of at that time. I was kind of the outsider because I lived in Eastern Kentucky, and like probably ninety five percent of the races were in Central Kentucky. So I was kind of element a little bit because I hadn't run them tracks a lot and. I knew like Tim and I knew Timmy Yeager and them guys like it was going to be like, it was going to be tough to win a championship, much less races going in their backyards and racing on their tracks. And uh, that probably, that probably made it more fulfilling for me because we run like at a majority of their race tracks. Yeah. Instead of the ones that I run at a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So a challenge and, and for sure. So, well, uh, congratulations to both of you guys many years later, but uh, I know it meant a lot to you and your careers and, and sort of you and a lot of other people catapulted and helped, helped sort of, uh, you know, spring you guys into a lot of success and, and a successful career and, and dirt late model racing. Like I said, we, we, we've enjoyed growing up watching you guys and, and, uh, and it's, it's always been a lot of, a lot of fun. Like I said, I, sometimes I wish we could just go back there for, for a day or two. Cause in my mind as a, as a dirt racing fan in Kentucky, it was, it was the best of days. Spanky with you. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll uh, end with this man. Um, I know it, it, it meant a lot to you, the, the series, uh, overall, uh, I, I grew up, I grew up, uh, remember very well hearing you call those races uh, throughout the years there with the Battle of the Bluegrass series and some, some good memories for, for sure. Unfortunately, I don't have the announcer's voice, so I'll, I'll never be able to do that, but I've always enjoyed hearing you and, 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 uh, and just I'll always remember those days back then of, uh, of hearing you call those Battle of the Bluegrass races. Well, I appreciate that, Josh. Uh, I, I sincerely thank you for the kind words. That uh, that means a lot. Uh, one thing before uh, that I wanted to do tonight, because I, even when James was on here, if I can take a few minutes and maybe just five minutes yeah. and go through a little bit of the history of the Battle of Bluegrass series, and I want to talk about little Eddie and, and, and Tim and some of their accomplishments as well, if I can do that. Is that okay? Absolutely. Please yes. do. Yes. Uh, of course, Battle of Bluegrass Series, its first race was May 3rd, 2002. At, uh, it was then called McCoy Motor Speedway, the old Barron County Speedway uh, in, in Glasgow, Kentucky. Uh, Timmy Yanker won that race. He paid $3,000 to win, and there were 61 cars on the grounds. They were parked outside the pits out in the General Mission parking lot down there that Friday uh, that Friday evening of that first race. Uh, Yeager, he bookended the season. He won the very first uh, uh, tour race. He won the last one of 2002, uh, his only two career series victories. Uh, he won the last one that year at Lake Cumberland on uh, October 26th of 2002. I mentioned the first race was May 3rd, 2002. The last race 
uh, in Battle Bluegrass Series history was September 6, 2009 at Tazewell Speedway. And uh, Knoxville, Tennessee's Billy Ogle Jr. got his only series win in that event. And over the course of its history, there were 165 Battle of the Bluegrass Series events contested at 22 different tracks, uh, 15 tracks in Kentucky, two in Indiana, one in Ohio, and four in Tennessee. Uh, Bluegrass Speedway hosted the most series events at 31, followed by Ponderosa Speedway with 24. Richmond hosted 22. 201 hosted 17. Florence uh, had 11. And Lake Cumberland Speedway had 10. And uh, there were 55 different drivers from 11 different different states that won uh, Battle of the Bluegrass Series events. Uh, of course, Mike Morrow, the all-time series winner at 17. Uh, Victor Lee had 12. Mike Jewell, 11. Eddie Carrier Jr., 8. And Greg Johnson and Aaron Hatton uh, were tied for fifth at seven victories apiece. And a little bit about the, the, the two drivers uh, that – you've had on the program tonight. Uh, of course, Eddie Carrier Jr. was a 2002 series champion, had eight career series wins, uh, got his very first one at uh, 201 Speedway on uh, June 1st, 2002. Uh, two weeks later at Bluegrass Speedway, June 15th, uh, he won again. And then uh, another one that season uh, at Thunder Ridge Entertainment Complex on uh, August 31st. Uh, he won again at 201 on July 5th, 2003. He won the only event that was ever contested at the Half Mountain Speedway in Sayersville, Kentucky, on September 14, 2003. He won at Mountain Motor Speedway on uh, September 2, 2005. And then his last two series wins came at Ponderosa Speedway uh, in September of uh, 2005 and then uh, on September 18th of uh, 2008. And uh, Tim Tungett. Of course, 2005, a series co-champ with Mike Jewell had four career series wins, and it ties him for 13th on the uh, all-time Battle of the Bluegrass series win list. He's tied with the late Jackie Boggs. And I'll tell you, when his very first event, as he talked about earlier at Bluegrass Speedway, it was on a Sunday afternoon, uh, July 11, 2004. And um, it's very fitting that Tim would win his first one at Bluegrass. Uh, Tim Tungett's all-time leading Super Late Model Feature Event winner at Bluegrass Speedway. Uh, he won 30 feature events uh, from that track at that track that run from 1995 through 2011. Uh, Tungett uh, picked up two uh, two wins at uh, Richmond Raceway uh, in uh, on July 23rd of 2005. And uh, July 21st, 2007, one of those being uh, the Butterball Woolridge Memorial. And then uh, won his last series event on uh, uh, August 30th, 2008 at 201 Speedway. And uh, when a little Eddie won the, the O2 championship, it was the only time that he finished in the top five in series points. Uh, Tim would finish in the top five in series points on four different occasions. In 05, he was fourth in 06, fourth in 07, third in 08. And uh, and Aaron Hatton has the most top five uh, finishes of any driver. He finished in the top five five times. Uh, and 20 different drivers uh, finished in the top five in series points uh, during the Battle of Bluegrass Series tenure. And uh, – I just wanted to throw that stuff out there. I mean, it's – I call it useless knowledge, guys. Uh, it's uh, just silly stuff that somebody like me uh, has, has kept up with through the years. No, it's not useless at all. And like I said, that's why we wanted you to come on here because I don't think anybody knows more about the history of racing in this area than you do. Uh, I remember early on, I'd, I'd first started dirt racing in the bluegrass, and, and uh, I mentioned this before, but back in the day – 
we didn't have even live video back in 2013. So I was doing live updates from the track and people were really enjoying that. But I reached out to Spanky because people wanted me to talk about Barron County Speedway. And I was younger then, never had a chance to go to Barron County. So I asked him to give me some information on it. And uh, he did a write-up for me on on the old Barron County Speedway. And it, it was a piece of art, I'm telling you. Just so much history and knowledge that, that you have. I've always appreciated your support of, of everything that we've done. Certainly your support of this podcast. So thank you for, for being willing to come on and, and share that knowledge with us because we, we enjoy it and we certainly appreciate it. Well, I, well, I appreciate uh, getting the opportunity to be on with you guys and uh, have enjoyed uh, what, what I've been able to hear of, uh, of uh, Tim and little Eddie uh speaking this evening and uh and you know I, you talked about Barron county i gotta echo what uh, Tim Logan said right there uh that's that's the first track that i ever uh, announced stock cars at going back to 1996 i guess or 95 96 something like it and uh you know grew up there my dad raced down there back when they raced on friday nights in the 70s and uh man the, the, I, there was not a better racetrack anywhere around uh, the Barron County Speedway back in its heyday. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that from from a lot of people, and it's unfortunate that I never never got to go there. And and uh, but it has been so much fun, guys, just sitting here talking about history of the of the Battle of Bluegrass Series. Uh, this show wouldn't be anything without the three of you all uh, joining us here. Uh, no, no one wants to listen to us, but people jump on to hear from two past champions and Spanky to Spain. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a, it's been a fun show. We, we certainly appreciate you. Uh, this has been Dirt Racing in the Bluegrass Live, and we will see you at the races. Thank you. Thank, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, guys.